regardless of what business you're in, I feel like most of us can relate to the idea that we went into business or we went into starting our own organization, creating our own wealth with the view of making a better quality or achieving better quality of life for ourselves and our families ultimately, as well as maybe addressing some glaring holes or inefficiencies in our industry, maybe launching a new product or an idea or a service. Um, the way in which we want to learn earn a, a living may have driven us to want to do that our own way and go our own way. But I feel like the overarching why that a lot of us share is the enhancement of our quality of life, whether that's greater wealth or greater um, cash flow or better more time to spend with our families, more time to give back to our communities. I'm sure we can all relate to that idea. So then I feel like we all come unstuck when we try to throw ourselves at a marketing plan in order to generate more wealth, grow the organization or the business. Um, and we suddenly find ourselves losing quality of life because it takes up extra time. We find ourselves staying up too late at night trying to get things done. So it becomes this awful catch-22 situation where it's like, well, we need this income stream to create better quality of life, but I feel like I have to give up quality of life to get it up off the ground. I think we can all relate to being in that situation. So that's what I wanted to address in this episode is how I like to create a marketing plan with work-life balance in mind because I've worked with and for so many small businesses, particularly in regional and rural areas, where they've done exactly that. They've gone into business, they've developed their own organization, gone out and started their own income streams with the view of creating something where they feel in control and if anything they then become enslaved by it. You know they're sort of sitting at their desk or working five, six, seven days a week or staying up till hours of the night on this hamster wheel that they thought they were getting off but if anything they just made the hamster wheel bigger. So to that end I want to show you how we can create a marketing plan with work-life balance as the end goal. Um, not just more revenue, it's about, okay, let's let's reframe what's really important here. Let's structure a marketing plan around that because that is why we started what we're doing in the first place. Now, if that sounds like it's exactly what you need right now, let's jump on in. Running a small business while raising small humans in a small town is tough, but it's the kind of tough we chose. Why? because it allows us to reach bigger financial goals whilst also having the freedom to prioritize things on our terms. So how do we make sure it stays that way? How do we make sure that the businesses we build continue to set us free rather than becoming something we're enslaved by? Well, that's exactly what I'm using this podcast to find out. I'm Meredith Page. As well as being a wife and a mum, I'm a marketing strategist from regional Australia. I'm connecting with the small town entrepreneurs from right across the country. I want to know how they make it work, raising a family and running ethical businesses whilst maintaining mental well-being and healthy boundaries. And every now and then, I'll throw in something I've figured out too. This is the Meredith Page Podcast. Also, it gives you long enough to track your results, see what works and see what doesn't. Uh, it also means that you don't think you failed every time a post only gets a couple of likes. Like it gets us out of this in the moment sense of failure. Like we'll put posts out there, we'll put content out there, knowing that it's part of a bigger plan. It's not like today it sucked or today it was great. Like it gets us out of that mentality where it's like, oh, it doesn't work because this post got two likes. It's like, well, 
that's okay. Let's measure the success of that one post in context in six months time and then we'll decide if it tanked or if it worked. This long-term concept keeps you focused on the bigger picture, seeing everything as like a piece of the puzzle. So for me, my marketing, like the sort of the rollout of my marketing plan centers around my podcast, which runs at a four, um, four seasons a year um, during school term. So about 10 to 12 weeks. We, we're doing it like a sort of 10 week batches. So my OBM, Online Business Manager, um, also called Meredith, we did an episode a few back talking about working with an OBM as a side note. So she suggested this schedule because like we're both working mums. So school holidays, we need to have as minimal work as possible. We have other stuff to do in school holidays. Keeps us in 10 episode sprints, which is a really good sort of quantity. And then all my content springs off the back of these episodes. So for more on this, check out episode 56 where I talk about kind of slicing and dicing content. Get, get, get the most out of your, the most bang for your buck out of your marketing material. Uh, and it's just that 10 week sprint, it's just long enough to be able to plan a lot of the content in advance without getting overwhelmed. Because the trade-off with planning in advance rather than doing things in the moment, the, the trade-off can be sometimes we bite off too much. And we sort of try to do three months worth and then it's like, oh, I'm out of ideas and I'm exhausted. Like it, it keeps it in a nice sustainable chunk for me to go, yeah, I can come up with 10 talking points. No problem. All good. When I planned this episode, I was on my laptop and my husband and I and our boys were driving from Coffin Bay in South Australia to Streaky Bay. Again, I've got an episode where I talked about the fact that we're working and traveling this year. So if you're curious, go out and check it, check that out. But yes, yeah, so I, we had a I think it was about a three-hour drive or a two-hour drive between Coffin Bay and Streaky Bay. Planned most of this season in that drive. Worked really well. Make sure that if you're going to put a marketing plan together, give yourself six months with a, with that one goal for that six-month patch to give you some sort of measurement window for success. Don't make it a month. A month is not long enough for anything, especially because we have so much competition for our clients um, and for those we want to do business with, we have so much competition for their attention and they need to hear and see marketing messaging so many more times these days before it actually sink in for them to actually take it on board. Like pre-social media, the rule of thumb in marketing was like seven touch points. Like they had to hear about, hear your marketing messaging seven times before it would sink in and before they would take it on board and actually be conscious of it. Now it's like 20 or 30. Like think about how many radio ads, podcast, um, like podcast sponsorships, boosted posts, print marketing, signage. Like think how much marketing material we're exposed to now. So before I was doing like marketing consultancy, uh, I was I worked in signage. I was a graphic designer that worked at a sign manufacturer and we did a lot of work with say local council areas where we'd have to put up, we called them the no fun signs. Where there would be like signs at, um, say, beaches or public spaces, letting people, probably for more of an insurance purpose than anything else, what they could not couldn't do safely. And we would sometimes get photos sent to us from clients of like, oh, we need to consolidate this signage. And so it'd be this poll that, like, say, for example, it'd be a poll that had like 10 different signs in and around it, all saying different things. And it was just this block of like don't park here only available between 8 p.m and 10 a.m and or just all this sort of stuff no littering no smoking like it was all this stuff that they just stuck on this whole bunch of poles and then someone had come in and gone okay we need to consolidate all that and like it, it there were some jobs where we'd have these debates in the art department of it's like 
how much information can we put on this sign before no one reads it? Like, signage is meant to be, like, good design is meant to be absorbed without effort or without, in, like, without intention. Like, when things are designed well, you don't notice them. So the idea between, like, well-designed signage is that you understand how you can interact with a space without having to interpret it or absorb too much information or try too hard. You should simply glance and, oh, I get it, like... That's a well des- that's well designed signage. That's design well good design in general. Good design you shouldn't notice. It should just fit seamlessly into what you're trying to do. But it did often get to the point where it's like we're overloading this sign to the point where no one is going no one is going to read this. This sign has purely become for insurance purposes, where if someone hurts themselves and tries to sue, it's like, no, no, it's on the sign. It's like, but is that what a sign is for? Is a sign meant for insurance purposes or is a sign meant to educate and guide people? Like, I would have thought a sign isn't just for insurance. A sign is to educate and guide people. So and I'm finding a lot of parallels with those conversations in marketing in the, the modern sort of era. Are we marketing to, to be the ones to create the most noise? Or are we marketing to be the ones to educate and guide those we wish to serve? Like, to me, it should be the second one every day of the week. We should out, use our marketing to educate and serve and then if people want to do business with us off the back of this great we've earned it so bringing all that back into that is what people are being bombarded with now they're being bombarded with an overwhelming amount of messaging which is why consistency and clarity is going to be our best bet here if we can be saying the exact same thing in a variety of different creative ways um, if we can be beating our drum consistently that's going to be what, what gets us the traction, but it's going to take a long time, i.e. long marketing plans, which is actually brings me nicely to the next point. So a good marketing plan should be client-focused. This isn't about spending six months talking about yourself. Now, you might be sitting there going, well, shouldn't I be marketing talking about like my products and my services and what I can do? Marketing is about connecting the dots between what your customers want and what you offer. So it's also about preparing potential customers to work with you. So what do they need to know to be in the right frame of mind? What do they need to do to prepare? What do they need to do or where do they need to go first? Um, What do they need to have achieved first? But it's always about their needs, their wants, their goals and how you can support them in meeting those needs and those goals. So for me, I sat down with my OBM and we did like a bit of a refresher brainstorm of who my ideal client is. And I created a table in a Word doc and then I had client like A, B and C. So each of these people represent um, the people I want to work with and it's it's either in relation to like websites or marketing consultancy. So we wrote down things like um, demographics, so like age, gender, location, where do they live, what do they do, things like that. Business-centric details, so for me, I'm a B2B service, so like I serve other service providers and other organizations. So what was their size? What was their capacity to invest in what I offer? Um, What are their goals? What do they want to achieve? Um, And then that helped me determine what services were best suited to them. We also thought about uh, their pain points, their objections, their barriers, um, what we needed to educate them on, how we can educate them in that gap between what what we offer and what they want. Um, where are the gaps in the knowledge that I can support? All that then created all this amazing content and things for me to talk about. Like suddenly it was very easy to see, well, I can talk about that. I can talk about that. I can do, I can address this objection. I can um, talk about this 
um, outcome they want to achieve. I can talk about this tool that helps them achieve this outcome I want to achieve. So by looking at focusing on who it is that's most likely to do business with you and what do they need, from there you can step back and go, oh, I can talk about this tool, this approach, this technique, because this is what other clients have used for success. This is how I've helped other people. But the conversation starts with them. It's not about you. So like, yeah, then you can turn it into talking points for podcasts, videos, posts, blogs, newsletters, but it's going to be about them. You're not talking about yourself. So the third sort of core pillar of what I believe a good marketing plan should have is that it should be consistent and sustainable. So don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't try to be a TikTok star doing Instagram reels, showing up on Facebook lives and doing email newsletters and posting every day. Don't try to do all that straight out of the gate. Don't try to be everywhere at once. Um, don't set yourself up for posting every day if you've got a life to live. Like I know firsthand to what it's like to want to be everywhere at once and then burn out because, hey, that's just not sustainable. And then you feel like a failure and you feel like your marketing doesn't work. Set yourself up for success by selecting one platform. Typically, social media is a really good place to start because it's a good catch-all for your different ideas you can try. Unless you have a big newsletter database. Uh, and if you typically do well out of repeat business and you have a lot of businesses, well, if you do have a lot of customer emails, maybe try and start there and start doing a weekly newsletter talking about important things, what's seasonally coming up, what do they need to be aware of, what can they try to get started. Maybe start there if you've got a really healthy database to kick off from. Pick one platform, get a system in place, get consistent, then layer in the next one. That's what I did to get to where I am. And it's been a multi-year journey of just trying stuff, learning, tweaking, improving, layering a new system in. With social media, I typically like to post about four times a week on both Facebook and Instagram. Like to me, this feels consistent enough without being overwhelmed. And from like a vanity visual point of view, it stops you getting these dorky like three columns in Instagram feeds if you only post three times a week and it's the same kind of content on repeat, um, unless that's the look you're going for, in which case you do you. And the best way I've found to get started on social media is to think about it like setting up a gym routine, like reps and sets. Please don't say that. think I'm saying that as a frequent gym goer. I'm not. I'm not a gym junkie. I'm not ripped. Don't look into that. It's purely the analogy. I haven't been in a gym in about two years. The analogy works. The gym doesn't for me. Okay? Don't feel like I'm also preaching from the hilltop of ultimate fitness. Um, so I start by making that core piece of content. So for me, that's my podcast. I record it as a video. I talk about this system in detail in a previous episode. But what the basic principle is, I have a core piece of content that that gets broken down into, uh, so that's the video I record where I sort of get on my soapbox for 10 to 20 minutes. Um, that gets turned into a podcast. Then that podcast gets its own post saying, hey, there's a new episode live this week. Here it is, post number one. Then I get a reel taken from the video that I'm using to create the episode post number two that week so this podcast so the videos help me create the podcast which gets its own hey podcast is live post then there's a real post i use a quote extracted from the recording like overlaid on a video just a particular style third post fourth post is a carousel which is kind of like a train of thought that comes up in the episode and that's like a swipe gallery carousel in instagram so from that one episode i get four different kinds of content each week um, by all means, check out my profile too to see what that looks like in real life. And if you want to use it, great. Go nuts. I don't. I don't mind. Use that approach. Use that approach. Use those kinds of posts if you like. Absolutely fine. 
Like I got this, and I got this really good advice from one of my business coaches. Start paying attention to the kind of content on social media you enjoy. Like if you notice you've watched a reel right to the end, stop and think and go, what was it about that that attracted me to that? What was it about that that caught my eye and how can I replicate that in my own content? Um, Also start paying attention to accounts online who consistently seem to be producing good content. See, what can you learn from them? What can you replicate about their approach? I'll drop some links below to the ones I pay attention to, um, and you might notice a lot of parallels between their content style and mine. Um, So then from there, I would nominate four different kinds of posts. Like for me, it's podcast announcer, reel, quote, post, carousel. Um, Nominate four different kinds of posts you think you can consistently create, or you think you can take one thought and then address it four different kinds four different ways you can use canva for templates you rinse and repeat that's what i do so again if you look at my social media feed like say instagram you'll notice my podcast announcers look the same like this week's episode there's a few different color variations you'll notice that a lot of the video quote posts look the same the carousel posts have the same setup so i've set those templates up in canva and my obm and my va use them to create the content So you can use Canva to create the templates and then you can schedule them in batches on apps like Later or from inside the Meta Business Suite, which I'll be honest, I have a love-hate relationship with Meta Business Suite. If you do too, this is a safe place. It's, I'm so sick of the random changes for no apparent benefit. End rant. So let's just go over these action steps again so we're clear. You're going to pick your platform. You're going to create a core piece of content. Maybe it's a video or an article. Strongly recommend video for getting your face in your feed, but ultimately it's up to you. Select like four different kinds of posts you can create. Check out Canva for ideas as well as like posts online you like yourself. Don't fall down the scroll hole. Don't spend an hour on Canva looking at templates and achieve nothing. We all do it. Don't do it. Schedule them in advance so it looks like you're showing up daily on socials without actually needing to be stuck to your screen using apps like Later or the Meta Business Suite. And then stay on track and review monthly to see, okay, what kinds of posts seem to be doing better than others. Don't do it month one, especially if you've had like this gaping hole in your feed. Give it until month two or three, and then start looking back and going, okay, what had the best reach? What had the best interactions? Um, What seemed to be played the most? Start looking at it in terms of what performed well, what didn't perform as well, maybe what can I cut out and replace with a different idea? But set that intention for six months and keep everything pointing at that one intention. Even if that intention for the six months purely is to get to the point where you're posting four times a week consistently. Even if that's just the end goal. It's like, I'm just going to get this on rails and get consistent. That's my six-month goal. Perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Because then what's going to happen is you're going to get to that end of six months and then you're going to be like, all right, now I need to know what works for me. What can I focus on? And you are going to have six months worth of consistent data to make a really informed decision on. So this is the other thing too, is people will write off certain um, aspects of marketing and say, oh, it doesn't work for me. It's like, well, how many times did you do it? Oh, I did it two or three times and it didn't work. And it's like, you can't judge the merits of a marketing avenue success by having done it two or three times because there could be, there could be any number of factors that affect affect the effectiveness of it so say you did like a reel and it's like oh reels don't work for me it's like was there a seasonal issue like were you trying to start doing reels at christmas time where no one's unless it's like a unless it's like a boxing day sale level business no one's paying attention really christmas time no one's in decision making mode christmas and years they just get to the end of the year mode so did you do it at the wrong time of year was your content off 
did you were you speaking to the right people were you just speaking about yourself for 30 seconds was it just some random dance trend you hopped on the back of that has no inherent value to you your business or your customers like don't turn around and tell me something doesn't work if you've done it twice sorry gonna play the hardball here don't do it do it consistently for six months making little tweaks as you go and then give yourself that volume of data to make that call off the back of um so play the long game it's not about you it's about preparing potential customers to work with you it's about their wants their needs their goals their struggles stay consistent commit to the program and like the wheels may fall off from time to time like that's okay life happens sometimes i'll have a busy week and i'm just so thankful i've got my obm onto it but even then i might be like falling behind doing the one thing i need to do which is recording the video on the podcast and she'll be bugging me and rightly so because what i'm paying her to do she'll be bugging me to do the one thing i need to do so she can do the half a dozen things she needs to do to keep the wheels turning yes sometimes life gets shit life happens and it's okay but you just pick yourself up start again tomorrow remember that each day is a new day get back on track as as soon as you can and finally tag me in what you come up with like if social media is going to be the thing that you start with start posting tag me in it. i want to see what you come up with i want to see the style i want to see how you've approached it i'd love to see what you've taken away from this episode and then put into action Otherwise, I hope this gives you some clarity around developing a marketing plan for your coming year, one that is consistent, one that's achievable, one that gives you realistic outcomes and realistic things you can measure that helps you. Ideally, the overarching thing about all this is you get really good about talking about what it is you're put on this earth to do. That is the most exciting bit. I always strongly believe that marketing shouldn't feel hard or shouldn't shouldn't feel like a chore. Marketing is a way for you to fall in love with what it is that you do over and over again. It's a way to be constantly reminded about what it is that you do and why it's important and what the world would lose if you weren't weren't doing it anymore. So keep that in mind. Get out there and have